You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, this is Aaron uh, with The Gospel Project, and with me, of course, is Brian Dembozik. Hi. What's up? Hi. Hi. <laughs> So Brian's feeling a little uh, monosyllabic right now. Yep. Thank you, Brian. So we're going to talk about something that is going to require you to stretch your vocabulary a little bit. You're going to have to learn open questions. Open questions today. Um, Brian, tell me what you're excited about about today. What am I excited about today? Yes. Yeah, that's an open question. Well, it could be a closed one because I could give one single answer to that. You could. Lunch. You know, that could be the answer. (laughs) That's true. Well, and Lifeway lunch at the time of this recording is a couple hours away. So It it is. And it's, yeah, my belly is saying it sooner than that, but we'll see who wins. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, but we're not talking about lunch today. We're talking about something else that is, is, challenging and fun and a little different for us. So what we want to talk about how you structure a study around the big story of scripture. And so we've talked about in the past that when we talk about the word story, we're not using it in the sense of of a connotation of um, fiction that we're using it in, in more of a um, current vernacular sense that it is, it we're, we we simply mean the narrative. Yes, um, that's the true it. narrative. The true narrative. The the one true story yeah. that is so good that it can only be true. In yeah. fact, um, of scripture. And so this is something that we do with the Gospel Project every three years. We we actually do. Um, we build out a, a a study plan for how do we how do we explore this this big story of scripture um over about three years and um a couple years ago when i joined our team um, we were quite deep into that process already the first meeting that i got to sit in um but it was fascinating to 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 see and then be a part of it as well um because there was a lot of there was a lot of hard conversation yeah. around the table about what to do and what not to do as hard, well. Hard because just trying to know what was best to do. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's the key thing is um, not not difficult discussion in terms of interpersonal conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Just like there's so much that we can do. What should we do? What is best? Yeah. Um, so Brian, that that's that's kind of what we want to talk about yeah, today. Yeah, so isn't we're it? we're we're going to talk shop a little bit. We're, yeah. we're going to kind of let you behind the curtain a little bit and kind of kind of talk about our experiences as a team of putting forth gospel centered curriculum and and a gospel centered study and and start with that kind of lens of uh, understanding the gospel project. Hopefully, a little bit better by the time we're done with this episode and and kind of understand what goes into this and the thought process because I I trust that will help whoever's listening. As they're teaching, whether they use the Gospel Project or, or some other resource or preaching or, or just having conversations, I think it's, it's helpful to, to have this understanding of the vision, the idea, the philosophy behind being gospel-centered. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so Brian, 
Walk us walk us through the the starting point for this. Yeah, so as you said, the starting point is coming up with the, the three-year session plan or scope and sequence, as, as we call it. And that means that we calendar out the three years. So it's about 150 sessions, give or take, of course. You, yeah. you look at the calendar and you actually have to plot out how many Sundays you have over that, that three years. Yep. Um, and you start with that 150, we'll just say 150 sessions for simplicity. Sure. And... Where are we going? What sessions or what stories, what passages are we covering every week? That's the, that's the starting point. And how do they break down into quarters? And then how do they break down further into units? All of our quarters have three units per quarter. And that's, that's bite-sized that adults and students, it's not as important to them. Adults and students can kind of think longer term. But kids especially, we need to have those bite-sized morsels of units. Yeah. And because our philosophy here at Lifeway is that we have all of our, our ages aligning, we're studying the same thing, that means that adults and, and students have to be thinking of units as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we start with that big story, and we decided um, before our second cycle launched that we would spend 18 months in the New Old Testament and then 18 months in the New Testament. So that's kind of one of our um, criterion as well. Um, our first cycle, we spent a little bit longer. I think it was 21 months or so in the Old Testament. It was... It was two full. Was it two full years? years? Yeah. So it was. Yeah. yeah so twenty four in the it old. It was intense. Yeah. And and yeah. the reason because the yeah. Old Testament is so much longer. Yeah. But what we found was that we started getting Old Testament minor prophet fatigue, more precisely, and then we yeah. felt rushed through the New Testament. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, um, I was teaching through the through that that. Uh, that first year, that first cycle, and um, I mean, I loved it, but yeah, it was it was challenging yeah. when basically every session was ending in um, judgment, yes, and the hope of deliverance, yeah. and it's like okay, we gotta we gotta figure out what yeah. to do here. So we responded to that that good feedback we had heard, and, and by the way, let me this is just a good time to, to say. That's why we value feedback. We yeah. love, if you're using the Gospel Project, we love to hear feedback, positive and, and critical. Um, you know, that, that helpful, uh, critical feedback of saying, hey, I think it could be better if, if you did this instead. That, that's so good for us to hear. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we made that course correction in the second cycle, continued that to the third cycle that we're getting ready to launch. Yeah. Um, and so 18 months Old Testament, 18 months new. So the first thing is, again, so you look at the Old Testament and say, all right, we have to tell this big story of scripture. So there are certain stories, certain passages that are non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. We will always start with creation, for example. You, you can't not. Right, it's the first thing in the yeah. Bible. So And, and, and that establishes <laughs> this, this important idea of God's intention. Yeah. However, this is where it starts to become a little bit difficult. Yes. How much time do you start there? Do you do one session on all of creation? Or as the third cycle, we did one on days one through five and a half, basically. And then one session de dedicated just to creation of mankind. Right. So it's two sessions. Yeah. And, and then you start plotting out, okay, you go to the fall next. Do you do that in one session? Okay, then where do you go? Do you can't do Cain and Abel? And, and you always have this tension. This is where the tension begins. And this is a fun exercise for, yeah. for our listeners to do. If you weren't, sit down and try to plot this out. Right, uh, yeah. I mean, that would actually be a really fun thing, thing to try is, how would you tell this story? How would you tell this big story? Yeah. And, and, and what becomes challenging also is keeping in mind those, those quarters that you, 
you really want to try to make it so a quarter feels contained. Yes. You don't want to leave it midway generally. You want to try to, to make these bite-sized morsels. Um, and so then you're like, okay, I've got 13 weeks to, to begin this narrative. How far do we get? And usually we just get through about Genesis because there's so much foundational oh, yeah. stories. And that's, and that's still just a flyover of it because, yes. I mean, keep in mind, Genesis has 50 chapters it has, and some of those are really long, and it covers a long period of time. Yeah, we're we're talking we're talking thousands upon thousands of years just yeah. in that one book. So, and and this is again, this is where the challenge comes in that you say, all right, well, I want to dedicate more time to the story of Genesis. It's too important. No, I mean creation. We sh- we maybe we should do three sessions on creation. Well, that's great, but then where does that session come from? That third, because then on the back end, you feel like you're rushing through a lot of other parts of the Old Testament. Right. So that's that's the tension we feel. How can we best tell this story? And then how can we include new stories that we've not covered before? All of Scripture is inspired. All Scripture is profitable, as we know. And so when we're looking, we're really wrestling with this, this, this attempt to put together a, a session plan that is faithful to the story, but includes new content for the churches that that move from one cycle to the next, mm-hmm. uh, that we're giving them some bigger parts of the story that they have not experienced before yeah. in the gospel project. Yeah. Yeah. That is very helpful. So with the Old Testament, um, one of the things that we were talking about just before we started recording is that in some ways, plotting out the Old Testament is is actually easier than the new. Yeah. Um, so can you can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, here's here's the why. It seems counterintuitive. You would think, well, the Old Testament is so much longer. Um, you know, it's, it's it would be harder to fit that in. But no, it, what makes it easier is for the minor prophets, for example, which I mentioned earlier. You don't have to necessarily hit every single minor prophet, as as you alluded to. Uh, they have the same basic message behind them. Yeah. So you can choose a couple of the minor prophets, for example, to be you know illustrative of what's going on in that part of redemptive history. And then you can swap them out from cycle to cycle to give that variance. Yeah. So you have elbow room, really. Um, so, you know, the wisdom literature, Psalms, uh, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and so forth. You don't have to necessarily hit all of those. You can kind of treat them together. And so there's ways that you can kind of um, take a broader view of the Old Testament. Yeah. When you get to the New Testament, here's the challenge. The life of Christ there's so much there alone. And you say, all right, how much time are we going to give to the life of Christ? And we actually debated this the last cycle plan. We, some of us wanted to give a full year to it. Yeah. Because it feels like we're skipping over so much. And this is, all, we're, this is what the Gospel Project is. We're showing the one story of Jesus. So it makes sense that we would spend a lot of time with Jesus. Yeah. But you know the problem of that. We looked at that third quarter that, or that third volume and said, we're going to cover Acts all the way through Revelation in 13 sessions? You can't do that. That's a lot. (laughs) So this is why the New Testament is so much more challenging. It feels like we're always rushing through the ministry of Christ, the life of Christ. Mm -hmm. And or it feels like we are not doing the book of Acts and the epistles and Revelation justice. So in my, my thinking, the New Testament is actually much harder to plot out a study plan. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, but in some ways, the the 
uh, chronological framework that we use does help with that a little bit. It helps, but we stray from that chronological framework somewhat in the New Testament. True. We stick to it pretty tight. That's why Job was moved up earlier in the third cycle, because a lot of scholars believe Job was concurrent with the patriarchs. Right. And so we decided to insert Job up early for yeah. that reason. So we follow a pretty tight chronology in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we, we stray from that, and here's why. Especially think about the kids. And adult, it's the same way. If we were to do the life of Christ chronologically, you're kind of hopping around a little bit in themes and ideas. Yeah. We decided it's better to kind of say, all right, let's do a unit on the miracles, for example, of Jesus and see why he performed those miracles. Oh, a, a unit on the teachings. And it gives us hangers that we can kind of digest easier. And we, we still try to, I mean, we start with the birth of Christ, for example, you end with the the crucifixion, resurrection, of course. Yep. Uh, but we don't stick to as tight of a chronology in the ministry of Christ. And we also had the same thing with the epistles, where we, we tried to do this a little bit and weave the epistles through the book of Acts when they were written. Yep. But it became challenging to lay that out in, in, in units that made sense. That's true. That's so true. We, we went with a more thematic, we inserted some epistles where they, they fit the themes of what we were studying in the book of Acts. So what we decided was to, to sacrifice some chronology for clear ideas, clear themes in our teaching in, that, in the New Testament. And then, of course, we end with, with Revelation. Right. So. Yeah, so we get, we get back to chronology yeah. at the end. So we start but it's not a strict one. It's a looser no. chronology. Well, and that's a, that's a helpful thing to understand, too, is, is that... Um, Ultimately, the chronological method is a means to an end. Exactly. It is, it, it's not one of our core values. No, no, of course not. It, is, it really is a method that we use. Instead, what we, instead we use what our, our core values are, and this is what informs the heart behind everything that we, that we produce, um, is, is really centered around, around three things. Um, the story itself, culture, and mission, um, and so um, you can kind of see how the how the story aspect is played out um, just in in building a study plan. Yeah. So so in the Old Testament, we focus the story. It's it's more important to know that, that narrative flow, yeah. that that chronological flow. It makes sense. That's that's what is really important for that. But then when we get to New Testament, we would say. The bigger win for understanding the story is understanding the so what. We want you to know who Christ is, what he did, why he did it. We want you to see how he was growing. And we do acts, of course, in chronology, of course, proper chronology. But then we want to inform that with the epistles to say, all right, this is why it matters. This is how the church was, was growing. This is what they were rubbing shoulders with. Um, so we believe that that is the best way that we can tell that story overall. Right. Right. And that story um, also lets us see what the culture of the early church was like. Yes. Um, and what God's people were like. So as the gospel was at work among them, what was it doing um, in the world um, and, and that's that they what, lived in? Yeah, and that's what we want these materials to do. We want them to start changing people. We want the gospel. Again, the curriculum there is a resource. We don't want you to teach the resource. We want you to teach scripture. We want you to to, we want the gospel to be powerful and not the gospel project to be powerful. And ultimately, so, yeah. Ultimately, so the gospel project is a tool, a vehicle to get to help you, help our groups, help our kids' groups get to that beauty of the gospel so that the gospel itself 
seeps into the minds and hearts of people of all ages and changes them through the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so that's why in in the material we try to give uh, elements for that to that end. Yep. Um, that's why the adults and students are using a daily discipleship guide starting this third cycle because we know that right. spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, uh, those those spiritual disciplines matters. That that's how the Holy Spirit can can really get a hold of somebody and change them. Yeah. So that's why we wove them into the materials to give our people a chance to experience that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, one of the things that. Um, you know, jumping around a little bit, but sure. one of the things that I I really love about um, our emphasis on the gospel story itself, the big story of Scripture, is that um, it challenges how we read yeah. the Bible itself. What it reminds us constantly, as has been said almost to the point of cliche, but it's but it's true, is that the Bible's not about us. Yep, the Bible is not. It's not remote. Like. It has implications on our lives, but we're not the but we're not the primary character in this story. We're not the hero of of the story. Jesus is, yeah. and that's the point that that telling the telling the story in you know in a in a chronological fashion in a um, but with a Christ centered emphasis really helps us understand because it's so easy as we've said so many times and in so many ways and we will keep beating this drum until jesus comes back or we go to meet him um is is that if we are seeing if we are seeing the bible as a series of disconnected morality tales then we are missing something and it's something significant we can teach people how to behave Christianly, but if we're not teaching them about Christ and Him crucified, then we're missing it. Yep. Yeah, we can teach the Bible and miss the gospel. Absolutely. And so, um, and and when we get that wrong, it gets everything else wrong. Yes. So yeah, then, our then, culture goes off the rails. Yeah, if we get the story wrong, yeah, culture's off the rails and missions is definitely off the rails. Absolutely. That, that we, can, we can be out there trying to make converts, but we're making converts not to the gospel truth, but we're making them to our, our moralism or our, our lens. Whatever story we, we, we studied and, and, and digested earlier. Right. And, and ultimately this is why we keep, we keep defaulting to, um, well, I can do this once I'm, once I've cleaned up my own, my own life. Once I've got my, myself under control, when I've, Picked myself up by my spiritual bootstraps and and you know done all this kind of yep. stuff when I prettied myself up enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, as one of our uh, friends in ministry, uh, Matt Chandler has has reminded so many people, including us recently, um, is that the is that God is not. Um, God doesn't love some future version of you. He he mm. loves the you as you are right now. Um, so much so that he is yeah. not leaving you like that, but is changing you. Yeah. And, and he loves the you you are right now because you have been invaded by Christ. Yep. You know, he has he has uh, taken over you, so to speak. Uh, and that's what God loves. He loves who he has made you in yeah. Christ. Yeah, and he is making you. Yeah, and continues, yes. Yeah. 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 
So, um, and so this is why this is why we care about these things. This is why we want to tell. This is why we should want to tell the big story of Scripture. This is why we should want to structure our our study around that and yeah. to um, to get that into into our hearts and our minds. Because really, when we start to see that perspective, when we start to get um, that 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 for um, for increasingly, I, I get confronted by this again and again. As the more that I talk to people um, in in this interesting world of the South, that is so foreign to me. Um, that bless your heart. Is, we're gonna have to talk to someone about your use of salty language on air. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but as we you know as I as I I've talked with more people in the church and and um you know at other churches so both my own at at conferences all this kind of things even around our office with our coworkers, realizing that this really is a to some degree is a is a new idea for so many people yeah it's it's an ancient idea because it's it's the it's originally God's intention. Yeah. So we're we're returning to faithfulness, but it's new from our ears because we got away from it, as we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think this is, you know, Aaron. I think this is so critical. We understand. And I have this discussion as well with a lot of people who use the Gospel Project. Uh, for example, there's this idea that's a three year study plan. You go through the big story of Scripture, and then you're done, and you walk away from it. And what do we do next? And and my conversation always goes this direction. It's not a, a checkbox. Reading, reading through the story of Scripture is not a checkbox that you say, okay, we're done. That's information dissemination. Yeah. That's not what we're about. No. We're not about just, and that's what leads toward moralism because, okay, I've got this information. What do I do with it? Apart from Christ, then that naturally leads to a moralism. No, what we're about is gospel, tra- gospel transformation. We're about this culture. Yeah. And when we understand that, as a group leader then, my heart should be, am I seeing the gospel changing my people? Not do they understand it. That's a first step. Yeah. But that's not the last step. The first step is do they see this story? Do they understand the story? Do they see Christ? Now, is that changing them? And that's what we should be after as group leaders of, of measuring how we're, how we're doing in our groups. The health of our groups, the vitality should be measured, not quantity you should not be able to test it we should not be able to give a paper test and say all right what answers did you get what's your your score it should be how's this person looking more like christ how are they acting more like christ how are they loving god more that transformation is what we're after how's our group do we have a gospel culture in our group you know how's that demonstrated itself in our times of prayer for one another and our relationships and all these things should be bearing out and i would say that takes time yeah, my absolutely. thinking always is you go through this gospel story once and it's the epiphany time. That's where you're like, oh, I'm hearing these things for the first time. This is really cool. The epiphany in your mind, I'm getting this. And then you go through a second time and you probably just begin to see how it's changing you. Yeah. And then you go through it again and you're going to see it more in depth and then it probably will start driving toward mission. As, yeah, as we're absolutely. About. Absolutely. And that ultimately is the thing is, is that... Um, as we come to know the story and as it begins to change us and transform us and the culture of our, our groups and our churches um, at every age, um, ultimately that expresses itself in mission. Yep. And so we go out into the world because what, um, what 
is happening in our hearts and in our lives, it flows out everywhere else. Um, and so we want to share. We want to share this good news that yeah. that that we have and that we have been entrusted with. We want to share it so that other people can know this too, and that other people can experience yeah. this same um, amazing grace of God. And um, and so that then they in turn can go out and do exactly. the same, and and on and on and on and on until there's absolutely no one left to hear this good yeah. news. You know, and I would say that we have the mentality that we have not just been entrusted with the gospel; we've been stewarded the gospel. Yes, and as stewards, we know. I mean, Jesus told parables about this that we are expected to do something with it. And if we just take that gospel and we bury it in a hole because we don't want to lose it, we're not going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. No. We're going to hear, why didn't you at least put it in the bank and at least get interest off of it? That we, when we understand this gospel story, when we are recipients of it, when we have trusted in Christ, we are called to be sharing this with others, sharing the gospel. That's why we're here. Right. And so that's a, that's a core value in the gospel project is that step of being on mission, living on mission, not because we have to, but because we see the beauty in the gospel and we want to share it. But at the same time, we know we, yeah. we are it's called to share it. It's both duty yeah. and delight. Exactly. exactly. You know? And so, yes, we, we are commanded to, but we get to. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pretty exciting thing. Yeah. I mean, think just think about that for a second. That God wants to use people like us. Yeah. And not just people like us, us. Yes. To 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 do something with eternal consequence. Yeah. So duty is not the antithesis to delight. No. And and we have to I think that's something that we have to really get in mind. For example, you know, I immediately thought of this. I have to love my wife, but I get to love my wife. Yeah. You know, that is a, what a, what a joy it is that God has given me this calling to love my wife. You know, I, I have to share the gospel, but I get to share the gospel. What a delight that is when you, that's, that should be the heart posture we're fighting for. And that's what we try to do in the gospel project curriculum. Yeah. All ages, we're trying to show that, no, this is something that we should delight in doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so Brian, I think this is a good place for us to, to wrap things up for, for today. So, um, here's something that I would encourage you, um, you to do as you are listening to this podcast. Um, I'd encourage you to, if you want to see how we have structured the, um, our study of the big story of scripture for the next few years, um, you can, you can do that at gospelproject.com and, um, slash about, if you go there, you'll you'll get to actually see, uh, learn not just about how we structure our study, but you also get to hear a little bit more about um, these values that we've talked about as well, um, just for the last half of this episode. Um, Brian, thanks for uh, chatting today. Yeah, it was a good time. I hope uh, I hope people enjoyed kind of again hearing us talk shop a little bit. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Hero of the Story, presented by the Gospel Project a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.